When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Attend TV cold case. A young woman murdered nearly 30 years ago, and now Margaret Durant's death is getting some new attention. Utility workers discovered her body in Grandview Heights in 1987. The last time anyone saw her alive, she was working at 270 and Morse Road, leaving work there in Northeast Columbus, 12 miles away. Margaret's family tells 10TV's Angela Ann why they have some mixed emotions tonight. She loved kids, loved going down to see her nephew, um, and visiting with them, and you know, had dreams of, of having kids someday herself. I remember one of the last last things uh, about her was um, she had concert tickets to go see Barry Manilow, and uh, it was her favorite singer, and and uh, never got to go. Choking back tears, Fred Durant still remembers that cold December day when gas workers found his older sister's body in an empty field in Grandview Heights. It was 1987. Margaret Durant was only 21 years old, strangled and not identified for days. Fred was a senior in high school when he got the news. I was um, sitting in school and uh, got called to the office and my family was there. And um, she was told my sister passed away and I was killed. Less than a week later, authorities found Margaret's faded blue Mustang just a few miles east. But evidence from the car soon became cold. Leads disappeared as the years dragged on. Now, the Grandview Heights Police Department is taking a new look at Margaret's murder case and resubmitting old evidence to the state crime lab, hoping advances in DNA will heat the case back up. For Margaret's family, it also means reopening emotions that run deep. It's just been hard over the years just because she's, she hasn't been there for the holidays, you know, for our birthdays, birth for children. And the hardest part is um, her life was robbed from her when someone got to live their life. So where does this case stand today? Join us tomorrow morning on 10TV at 6 a.m. We sit down with the two chief investigators who walk us through the evidence and why they believe Margaret's murder is very solvable. For Crime Tracker 10, I'm Angela Ann, 10TV News. And anyone with information on this case can call the special hotline 1-855-BCI-OHIO. BCI-OHIO. We'll continue to highlight cold cases in Central Ohio. You can find a slideshow featuring some unsolved homicides at 10tv.com slash featured links.
This is Mark. I write a weekly newspaper column about true crime, unsolved homicides, and the paranormal. You can find links to my social media accounts and columns on my website and in my episode notes. Welcome to the Catch My Killer podcast. Thank you for listening, and please be sure to visit my website at themarkob.com and check out my Instagram and Twitter accounts. And if you would like to help support my podcast with a donation for production costs, please click on my PayPal donation link. Every year, law enforcement investigates thousands of homicides across the country. Usually, law enforcement will identify and arrest a killer in a timely manner. But there are some cases that baffle both the police and the public. These cases may not have any witnesses, obvious suspects, or traceable evidence. When leads dry up and the police cannot move a case forward, it goes cold. So what happens to cold cases? Unfortunately, after a while, the public and the media forget about these cases. The case files then end up in a closet or on a detective's desk. The case may not even have an assigned detective. For cold cases, detectives will once again reach out to the public for any important information. But do you know who never forgets about these cold cases? The families and friends of unsolved homicides never forget. Many never recover. Some of them stop living. Instead, they just exist. For this episode, I spoke to Shirley, a correctional officer who has spent over 30 years trying to catch her youngest sister Margaret's killer. On Friday, December the 11th, 1987, around 10.15 a.m., Utility workers found the body of a 21-year-old woman named Margaret Durant in a vacant lot at Higgs and Burl Avenues in Grandview Heights, Ohio. Margaret was last seen the night before. She was leaving her job at 11.30 p.m. Margaret had worked at the Limited Distribution Center on Morris Road in Columbus, Ohio. The Franklin County coroner determined that Margaret was sexually assaulted and strangled. Today, no one has been arrested for killing her. Besides being a corrections officer, Shirley Cooper is also studying to become a private investigator and use her skills to help find out who killed her sister. Now on with the story of Margaret Durant. Me and my sister, we were really close. And we didn't have a real good childhood growing up. We was abused well for, to start with my our mother had died when i was a year old and my sister was only three months and my dad immediately remarried and this woman was very abusive and my dad later went on to have three more kids my sister and my my other sister and my two brothers and the uh abusive Stepmother, I remember a lot of times waking up at night with uh, them fighting and screaming. And when they later split up, we went to live with her. We all went with her. And a boyfriend or somebody that she had at that time, which I was later told, I'm not sure how true it is, but I was later told that he was running from the police. And I knew when we were with them that he never came out of the room. He stayed in the room all the time. And the stepmother, she had abused us 
a lot, me more than anybody. But uh, the school ended up finding out about it because I went to school one day covered in bruises and I was limping and I was in really bad shape. And they took us all away. And from there, we went to different foster homes, me and my sister, Margaret, Always, they always kept us together, and we bounced around from one foster home to the next. Some of them weren't too good. We lived with our aunt and uncle for a little while, all five of us, and they kept us for four years, but they had eight kids of their own, so they were actually raising 13 kids. And after four years, they couldn't do it anymore. So that's when we went to different foster homes. And my sister and me, I guess because of that, we were really close. And I don't know, she was a really sweetheart. She was a small girl. She was 5'2", and she weighed 98 pounds. And she was a real trusting person. I think a little too trusting at times, but she would do anything that she could for anybody. And I guess the day when I had found out what had happened was one of the worst days of my life. I was married at the time. I had, it was me and my husband and my my son. And the police had came over to our house at three o'clock in the morning. And this police officer actually was a cousin of my husband's. So he, when he had found out, he requested to come over to tell us. And we didn't have a phone at the time, so he had told us that uh, he came over to tell us that he had a message for me to call my dad. And he knew that we would be going to a payphone, so he said to, he told my my husband to make sure that he was with me. He wouldn't tell me what the call was about. He just said that I needed to call my dad. So we walked to the payphone, and of course my dad wasn't answering at that time. I don't know if he was asleep or he was at the morgue or or what. He told me later on that he was probably at the morgue identifying her body, but we went back home because we he didn't answer the phone, and we went back to sleep because my my husband had to be at work early that morning. But when we got up that morning, and my husband, while he was getting ready, he told me to walk to the payphone by myself to call my dad. I walked down there, and when I called, my dad was in tears. And he was, he just kept saying my sister's name and I kept asking him what was wrong, what happened. I was figuring he would say something like she was in a car accident or something like that. But then he told me that she was dead, that they found her body. And sorry, um... When he told me that, I hung up the phone and walked back home. I don't even remember walking back to the house. 
But when I got home and I came in the door, I immediately dropped to the floor. And I was trying to tell my husband what had happened. And I didn't know a whole lot myself, just that they had, they she had died and that they found her body. So we went to to uh, my dad's house, and my brothers and sisters were all there. And that's when I found out that she had been raped and strangled, and. Her body was dumped in a field just two blocks from her house, from her apartment. And I was, later on, I was finding out bits and pieces of the story. From there, I found out that from the police that uh, one of the suspects, there was two prime suspects in her murder. And one of them had took out a life insurance policy on her for $100,000. And this person is not a family member. So that's what made him the prime suspect. And the other one had told the police that he was with her earlier that night. So that's why he was a suspect. But, um, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She was last seen leaving. She worked for The Limited. It's a clothing warehouse in Ohio. And I believe she was a security guard there. And she worked night shift. So she was last seen alive leaving there. And the police had said that uh, her apartment door was found open. It was unlocked and open, which she never left her apartment open. And her car was missing. But they later found her car abandoned in downtown Columbus, which is not where where her body was found. And I've been, since this has happened back in 87, 1987, I haven't heard much else about it since then. I've been doing my own investigating and uh, I've actually gotten the police to reopen the case. For a while, I was uh, 
calling and writing them and trying to get something done. And I guess, uh, with, I don't know if it was because of my persistence or what, but they had reopened the case and I've talked to them since then, but they don't tell me a whole lot about what's going on. So I've just been trying to do my own investigating to see what I can find out. And I've also found out that uh, apparently back then the police had interviewed some people who worked in the area where her body was found. And some people had told them that they saw her car in that location just two hours before her body was found. So that means possibly that uh, there was more than one person involved and um, that they used her car to transport her body and dump her there and then later abandon her car somewhere else. And these two suspects don't live anywhere near any of those two locations. That's why I think maybe... They both were involved and and that they helped each other with uh, getting rid of the body. But uh, she, I just wanted to, I've been sending out messages and, and letters and whatever I can trying to get, keep this case open, trying to get anybody that can to, to help me with it. I've even had a private investigator on another site that I'm on, uh, LinkedIn. He has done a background check on both of these suspects. And one of the suspects has a long criminal record. And uh, the other suspect I I found out is is now deceased. So um, I think both of them were involved, but I just... I need to find out the truth about what happened with her. So let me ask you this. What if she was raped and and then the alleged killers took her car? I'm assuming that there's DNA and fingerprints. There was probably some type of trace evidence left behind. Now, I know back in the 80s, they probably didn't. They wouldn't have thought to keep DNA samples but they would keep fingerprints, things like that. They've probably not told you, but do you think that they have DNA or they have fingerprints? I do know that the the police had dusted her car for fingerprints and they also got finger, they got DNA from her. That's how they know that they believe that she was raped because there was, her body was covered in, in bruises and they had, you could see the the strangulation marks on her neck, and they also had found semen inside of her. So they know that she was raped before she was killed. And one of those suspects had had said before that he was looking for her, and he saw this story on the news that they were trying to find the identity of this woman because. When they first found her, she had no identification on her. So she was in the morgue listed as Jane Doe for a couple of days. And 
he said that he saw the story and that the person had fit her description. So that's why he was wanting to, uh, to identify her. And he identified her by pictures because he wasn't a family member. And my dad later identified her body. But then this person later changed his story and said that he was with her that night. And they, from what I was told, they had tested him for DNA and he did not match. But I don't know if it was, if maybe if they did another DNA test, maybe he would match now. Maybe the, uh, I don't know how accurate the DNA test was back then, but uh, maybe they could do another test now on him. I don't know, but back then they said that he didn't match the DNA, and the other suspect refused to give a DNA test. Yeah, I don't know if the police pursued it or not. I I heard at one time they were trying to get a court order, Mm -hmm. but I never heard anything more about it after that. Now, have you ever tried contacting Nancy Grace or Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz or one of those programs? and have asked them to look into it. Cause I know a lot of people I talk to have submitted their case information to these types of shows in hopes that they'll follow the case. So have you, have you ever tried that? Anything like that? Um, I've actually, when unsolved murder, unsolved mysteries was on, mm-hmm. I had submitted the, the story to them several times and they kept rejecting it. And Somebody had suggested Dr. Phil, and I did submit it once to him, but I never heard anything more about it. They no, nobody ever contacted me. What about your siblings? Are they are they involved in helping you with this, or is this just you trying to figure this out? Mostly just me. My one of my brothers was actually interviewed on Channel Ten News, and I have. Uh, I have his, the link to, to his story posted on my Facebook. But as far as I know, that's the only thing that he's done. And my other siblings haven't done a whole lot about it. They're just leaving it up to the police. But I don't feel like that's enough for me. And I actually had uh, one of my my younger brother had told me at one time just to let it go, not to uh, do anything to pursue it. But uh, I, and I don't know why he would say that, but that's what he was telling me. So maybe he's, he doesn't want to know, or I, I don't know what the, the reasoning is behind that. Well, I've seen talking to people, I've kind of seen like a pattern to where everybody handles this type of grief differently. So some people, you might find one family member that's a pit bull. I mean, you have that one sibling that is just committed to figuring out what happened to their loved one. And then you might have other siblings who, like you just said, just kind of, well, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. Let the police do it. And then they just kind of go on. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, maybe it's just traumatic for them and they don't, you know, they don't 
it's just too painful for them to look into. And then there's families where everybody's involved, where, you know, there's a couple siblings or whatever, and ever the whole family is trying to figure out what happened. So, I mean, everybody handles it differently. It's hard to yeah. say, you know, it's hard to say how people feel inside, you know, because it's kind of a traumatic experience. And it, it sounds like something that's kind of stuck with you since 1987. The pain from it probably has never gone away. And I'm sure it won't go away until you figure out what happened to your sister, you know, all those years ago. Yeah. And even after it happened uh, for a while, I would have the same uh, recurring dream about it. I would be picturing my sister coming towards me and and I would see somebody in the background, you know, coming after her and I knew that it was this person was bad and I was trying to get her in the house to be safe and she wouldn't come in and this person was just getting closer and right when they got up to her then I would wake up. But I would have the same dream every night and I don't have that dream anymore, thank God, but I think a lot of now uh, with uh, trying to get to the bottom of what happened and a lot of what, what has happened to her has caused me to go in the direction that I'm going now. Like even with my, my career and job wise right now, I'm, I'm working in uh I guess you could say law enforcement. I'm a correction officer. Okay. And I'm going to school to be a private investigator because oh, I want to learn all I can to uh, to learn all I can to to help me with investigating this case and and others because I want to be able to help other people to solve their uh, cases like this as well. That's excellent. Now, you said you're going to school. Now, I, I don't know a lot about private investigation. So, what 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 do you have to do? Do you, do you is there actually classes you attend, or do you go online and take them? How how does that work? That's interesting. Well, the local school here they offer uh, criminal justice classes, and I'm trying to get into those. To they learn, they teach about different things, but they have a, a private investigator from what I was told that actually helps out with teaching the the class and he hires people from the class I guess uh, his top students he would hire them into his company to give them the experience to get started with being a PI and there was another I don't know what they could do about it now but there there's this other piece of evidence I believe that uh, I wish I would have done something something about it back then but I remember when I went to her apartment afterwards I had found this uh, this uh, picture album that she had and in that picture album she had a uh, a paper in this that was typed up. I don't know where she got it, who gave it to her or what, but in there, it was like, it, it had a list of all the Zodiac signs and it would say a little bit about them. 
And at the end, it was, um, he would say how they would die. And I thought that was like kind of a, it looked kind of like a joke thing because most of them said like uh, Sagittarius would be, I don't know, uh, run over or something like that. Or this person would die of a venereal disease or something. But when it said uh, my sister's horoscope, which I believe she was a Sagittarius, it said that all Sagittariuses would be murdered. And I thought that was a little weird because that's how she died. So I thought maybe that might have something to do. You know, maybe the person that did that sent it to her as a joke or I don't know. But I keep thinking back to that now that I should have, I was going to take that photo album and I, I actually, I don't even know what happened to it. I think somebody else had grabbed it, but I wish now that I would have held on to that, to use, have that as evidence. Cause I feel like that may have been some evidence that slipped through the cracks, I guess. So do you think that you think she was abducted after she got off work or do you think she made it home? And then the night after she got home, she was abducted out of her apartment. What do you think happened? Well, because the police said that they had found her door unlocked and opened. I feel like she probably made it home and then maybe she was abducted from there. Maybe, uh, I don't know if it was, uh, somebody that she knew or, or, and maybe they let her in because they said there was no sign of a struggle, just that her door was unlocked and open. So she was probably grabbed from her apartment. And none of the neighbors saw anything? They didn't hear anything? She didn't scream or fight? No, um, I didn't get a chance to talk to any of the neighbors, but I did talk to the uh, apartment manager. She had come over. And she seemed like she was just one of those type of people that she made it her business to know everybody's business. So I figured if anybody would have known anything, it would be her. But she said she didn't see or hear anything. So I don't know. I'm, from that point, I'm not really sure what had happened. But that's where I'm, I'm kind of stuck because... Um, you know, she was last seen leaving her job. She was she was fine when she left her job, but then her door was open and nobody seemed to hear her scream or anything, or they haven't come forward if they did. And, you know, nobody has come forward to say that they saw anything. So I don't know what exactly happened from there. Uh, I guess that would be pretty hard to know. Uh, I mean, I guess she could have been abducted as soon as she got home and then gone into the apartment and was grabbed right away. Or possibly if it was somebody she knew who had a key, may have been in the apartment already waiting for her. And maybe, you know, it wasn't, it was somebody she knew and she felt comfortable. It wasn't like he abducted her. Maybe the individual just said, hey, let's go out, get something to drink or go get something to eat, and then kind of got her out that way. Since she said there was no struggle, so 
it was could have been somebody he she knew, um, which I think is what kind of what you were indicating earlier. When's the last time you've spoken to the police about about an update? Have you done? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you talked to anybody recently? Um, I haven't talked to anybody recently about it. Because the last time that I had talked to them, they didn't really say too much about it. They... It didn't seem like they wanted to to tell me too much. They said that they were uh, they were keeping informed with keeping my my older brother and well, I'm the oldest, but my keeping one of my brothers informed about it uh, because they didn't want to, I guess, tell too many people what was going on. So they would give the information to him, and then he would pass could pass it on to the rest of us, but he says that uh, they haven't told him too much either lately. Has he inquired lately? Has he asked? I don't know. I've asked him a bunch of questions to to relay the message to them, but I don't know if he has or not. I've actually been uh, thinking of just getting in touch with them myself to, again to see if what exactly they would tell me. I know they wouldn't tell me too much before, but I want to try again to and keep pressuring them until something gets done. That's good because, I mean, there's a possibility that maybe there's a different detective on the case since the last time you spoke to them. Um, I know talking to other people, they've told me that that happens a lot where, you know, they've changed detectives. And, of course, they don't notify the family or anything when they change detectives. So. That's why I think you have to periodically check up on them and see what's going on. Now, who's who's handling this case? It's the Grandview Heights Police Department. Oh, okay. And, and that sounds like a because I live in Ohio also, so and I live in a small town. Is that a small police department? I think so. It's a small town in Columbus, Ohio, because she was actually murdered in Columbus. But because um, the apartment she lived in was over on High Street, and she was murdered not too far from there, about two blocks away, on uh, the corner of Burl and Higgs Avenue. If you know where that is, um, I'm not. I've, but, I've been uh, to Columbus, but I'm not familiar with that particular area. So. But uh, yeah, so that's the police department. Anybody would have a tip that they would need to contact that department then, correct? Yeah, I've actually, um, when my brother was interviewed by the uh, Channel 10 News, then the, they also had done an interview on the police department, the detectives that were handling the case. They said that they had reopened the case and it was... They were also working with uh, the Ohio Attorney General, okay. uh, DeWine, I guess. Oh, right. Well, um, it was DeWine. It's not anymore. DeWine's the governor now. 
Well, um, I guess the Attorney General and the the um, Grandview Heights uh, Police Department are both working on our case together now. Okay. So anybody that has a tip can contact them. Okay, great. And you have a page set up for your sister, correct? Yes, I have a Facebook page called Find My Sister's Killer. I had set that up so I could post any updates, that anything that I find out I can put on there. And also, if anybody else that comes across the page, if they have any uh, information or they even if they have a tip on something that I can do to uh, find out uh, what had happened, they can post that on there as well. That's great. And I've got pictures of her on there as well. So anybody can see uh, pictures of her yes, on I'm, the page. That's excellent. That way, hopefully, you get the word out. And then after they hear this podcast, that you know, listeners will go and take a look at the page and um, who knows? I mean, maybe somebody knows something. It's, it's just really hard to say, but you know, I think social media is a good way for people to get their messages out about their loved ones. So that's what I try to do. Yeah. Get the information out that way uh, and encourage people to take a look and, you know, I mean, maybe they know something. I mean, you know, a lot of time has passed. You know, I mean, maybe somebody's sick and they're on their deathbed and they know something and maybe they'll just want to clear their conscience and come forward with information. So Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Me too. That's what I'm always hoping when I talk to people. I'm always hoping that the right person will feel some kind of compassion and come forward with some information and help end your suffering because you're going to deal with this forever. I mean, it's just natural because I know I would if something happened to one of my siblings, I would grieve until I died, I'm sure. But let me ask you this last question. If anybody out there who's listening to this podcast knows anything about your sister's death, what would you say to that person? I would tell them to please just think of what you would would want somebody to do if it was your loved one. If it was your sister or your children, or your parent, you would want that person to come forward and tell them what they know. And I just ask that they do the same, that they please come forward, even if it's the littlest detail, the littlest thing could break the case wide open. And you just don't know what that little bit of information might do. I just pray that anybody that knows anything, no matter how small, that they contact the police, contact me. You can go on my uh, page for my sister, find my sister's killer, and uh, let me know any information. If you don't feel comfortable telling the police, and I can get the word out there and get the information to the police to get this case solved. And that concludes Margaret's story. If you know anything about this case, please contact the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation at 855-BCI-OHIO. 
That's also 224-6446. Or contact the Grandview Heights Police Department at 614-488-7901. Please also be sure to visit the Find My Sister's Killer Facebook page with more information about Margaret's death. And if you are a parent, law enforcement official, friend, or relative seeking justice for an unsolved homicide case, please visit my website and complete the contact form or contact me through Facebook. Thank you for listening. <laughs>